0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Gather, I shared with you uh, at the very beginning of this year um, that that as a community, we want to be a sozo church. And you may remember me using that word a lot that week, a sozo church. And you may remember that I said it and maybe don't remember what it means, and that's totally okay. But uh, sozo is a Greek word. Uh, used in the New Testament over and over and over again, and it's usually translated as save or to save or salvation, and it's a word used by Jesus and about Jesus, and uh, and really this idea of being saved and of salvation. I mean, it's used throughout the Scriptures, but we have one kind of connotation of salvation. Uh, we typically think of maybe walking down an aisle, or we think of street preachers or revivals. We think of repent and be saved. But when Jesus used this word, like when he said, uh, the Son of Man has come to seek and sozo the lost, he wasn't talking about um, heaven or hell or eternal damnation. He wasn't really even talking about repentance. Because this word sozo is so much more beautiful and more broad than that, Sozo is a word that means to be brought into safety and then to be made whole. It's about healing and restoration. That's why we want to be a sozo church, because we want to be a church where you can find safety. And then because you've found safety, you can find healing and wholeness. And it, it really makes sense that the word save comes from the word safe. That if you want to find wholeness, you'll have to be safe. But for many of us, fear and insecurity have dominated our conversations about salvation. And so we want to be a sozo church. We want to be a place of safety, a place of healing, a place of wholeness and restoration. And um, I haven't talked about this a lot since then, but I put all of my um, teaching through a sozo filter. So I think to myself, is this a teaching that brings more healing? Does this bring restoration to what's broken? Does this bring wholeness. Does this make people feel safe or does it make them feel insecure? I I put all my teaching through a sozo filter and a lot, uh, especially in uh, our religious context, and I know for many of us in our community, this idea of healing, for us sometimes it means we need to unlearn some things and then relearn some things. So we need to unlearn uh, the maybe harmful theological beliefs we were taught and then we need to relearn a more gracious and compassionate framework. It's what we just did with our prayer series. We spent six weeks on prayer, and what we were doing, we didn't tell you, but what we were doing is we were unlearning and then relearning. Unlearning some of the harmful things we've been taught and relearning a more gracious and compassionate framework. Unlearn and relearn. That that is one of the rhythms of sozo, the rhythms of healing and restoration. Unlearn and relearn. And today is Pentecost Sunday, um, and and so we're celebrating God pouring out His Spirit on His people. And so for the next three weeks, not just this Sunday, but for the next three weeks, we're going to to talk all about the Holy Spirit. So Andre's going to teach next week, and then uh, Adam Chaney, who many of you know is going to teach the week after. But we're going to be talking all uh, about the Holy Spirit, because I think for many of us, we need some sozo, some healing and restoration around the idea of the Holy Spirit. I think we need to unlearn some things and then relearn a new framework for the Spirit. For for some of us, the Christian people in our life or in our churches or or on the fringe of our lives who talked a lot about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit people in those places, uh, were kind of the weird, spooky Christians. Maybe it was like the old lady who always wanted to lay hands on you to pray for you. Or the other lady who would always carry a tambourine in her purse to church. It was like one of those people. They were other, the people who talked a lot about the Spirit. Or maybe you were one of those other people who really talked a lot about the Spirit, and you thought you really had it together, and that no one else really understood. Some of us have created kind of these uh, levels of how good or serious of a Christian you are, based on your ability to interact with the Holy Spirit, And then, for some of us, because it seemed other, uh, we've created kind of an aversion to the Spirit, and then we've just ignored it altogether. So I I think for a lot of us, we need to unlearn some things about the Holy Spirit, and then we need to relearn a a new framework. So today, as a sozo church, as a place of healing and restoration, we're going to look at this Pentecost story through the lens, through the eyes of restoration and wholeness. So let's look at this story from Acts chapter 2. It's a lot of verses, okay? So I just, I want to start by apologizing. So it's a lot of verses. I cut some of them out to try to be helpful, but I just, I really like most of them. So we kept most of them. It's a long story from Acts chapter 2. So just uh, follow along. This is what it says, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Peter says, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken in the prophet Joel in the last days. Will be saved. It kind of fires me up a little bit. It's Holy Spirit Sunday, and I'm feeling kind of fired up. So these disciples, uh, they join all these other Jews in Jerusalem for the holy day of Pentecost. It's a it's a festival day, a holy day, and Jews from every nation have come to celebrate. And then suddenly, it says the Holy Spirit descends on them, on the disciples, and they start speaking other languages so that everyone can understand. So there's all these people who speak, you know, all these uh, uh, nations represented who speak all different languages, and then suddenly they're all able to understand each other because they are speaking this one common language which is pretty freaky, and so some people are really skeptical, and they're kind of freaked out, and some people are confused, and some people are saying, these guys, they're drunk, obviously they're drunk, and so Peter stands up, and he reads from the prophet Joel, and he uses uh, the prophet Joel to explain what's happening, and he says, Peter says, God told us in Joel that he would pour out his spirit on all people, that it would be your sons, and your daughters, and old men, and it would be women, and it would be servants, and it would be everyone, all people, Peter says, would receive the Spirit. And that's what happens here, that all of the people from all of these different places have this experience with the Spirit of God. And there are these... um, You can imagine that there are groups of people with different political leanings and cultures who are all together in Jerusalem. It's all these different countries who show up at one time. They don't all agree with one another. They don't have all the same political ideologies. They don't think the same way about economics or about the judicial system or about theories of war or capital punishment, or taxes. They don't think the same way about how they practice their religion. They all come together in the same place, and though they have all these different opinions and ideologies, and they certainly all aren't in agreement with one another, they still all, all of them, all of them, everyone receives the Holy Spirit. Maybe today open your Bible at some point and turn to Acts 2 and try to count how many times the word all or everyone or each of them is what it says a couple of times comes up. It's like a dozen times. The the, the writer of Acts here is, is trying as hard as they can to get us to see that everyone is included. Everyone, everyone, everyone. The Holy Spirit includes everyone because God includes everyone. When God pours out His Spirit, it, it is a vision into God's character. God opens Himself up so we can see Him. And when God does that, when God pours out His Spirit, He includes everyone. Everyone is empowered. Everyone is included. Everyone is beloved. Everyone belongs. Everyone, everyone, everyone. All means all. When you turn to Acts chapter 2, everyone is included. You didn't have to go to the front and say, here is my specific list of religious beliefs. May I receive the Holy Spirit? You didn't have to say, here are my political leanings. Or you didn't have to say, I agree with the guy who's talking at the front. Everyone was included. Later in the book of Acts, uh, Peter is having to defend his inclusion of an out group. right? So, so There are some people that the religious elite in Jerusalem considered to be other, not good enough to participate fully. And Peter had been including including them. He he had gone to eat with them, which was a big deal in their culture. And so he got called in to defend his actions of inclusion. And this is what Peter says in Acts chapter 11, verse 17. He says, So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Peter says, "If, If God is giving everyone, If all really means all, if God is giving everyone the gift of the Holy Spirit, who am I, who am I to stand in God's way? And gather, who are we to stand in the way of God? If God wants to include everyone, we better get out of the way. The gift is for everyone. But too often and for too long, church leaders... Church leaders like me, who look like me and kind of sound like me, have had the idea that they get to stand in the way and act as gatekeepers for who gets to be in and who gets to be out. And the church has forgotten that by the love of God and the power of the cross, there doesn't need to be any more gates because every wall, every dividing line has been torn down. We don't need a gatekeeper. Who are we? Who are we to stand in the way of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. That is the meaning of Pentecost, that God's heart is shown to us, that include that everyone is included. The gift is for everyone. Who are we to stand in the way? I'll never forget the first time I watched someone get in the way, watched someone stand in between God and who God wanted to be with. I was probably 10 or so, and at our small Baptist church, uh, we hosted a revival, and revivals are a scene. Uh, there's a guy who comes, and he preaches three or four or five nights in a row, uh, and he's usually really loud, and he might wear kind of a flashy suit, and he probably has a Bible bigger than he needs so he can pound it on the pulpit. And um, we were through a couple of these nights, and, um, and uh, my friend uh, Tyler was sitting with his mom, and... Um, Uh, Tyler was a grade ahead of me, and Tyler was severely intellectually disabled. And at some point, Tyler started making a lot of noise during church. Um, And uh, his mom was struggling with him to figure out what to do. And um, mom was trying to calm him down and get him to sit down. Uh, And Tyler uh, decided to just try to leave church, which was an appropriate thing to do. He was struggling, was overwhelmed, and so he decided he would just get up to leave. And the guy at the front, the, the revivalist, uh, decided just to lay in to Tyler and his mom, just to publicly rebuke them about the lack of discipline and i was I was ten, and I was so mad. I cannot describe to you my level of anger as a ten year old It was the first time I ever felt that righteous anger. I remember sitting in my mom 's minivan and just crying tears of anger because there's nothing I could do but I watched a religious leader stand between God and the person God desperately wanted to be with and since then I have seen dozens if not hundreds of church leaders who have seen people with their noses pressed up against the glass windows of the church and they've gone and locked the door deciding that they get to be the gatekeepers on who gets to be in and who gets to be out. But Pentecost Sunday, Peter stands up and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is for all people. All people. No qualifiers, no ifs, no list you have to provide, nothing you got to check off. All people. Everyone, everyone, everyone. God's way is inclusion, and Pentecost reminds us that the Spirit is for everyone. It isn't for the religious elite. It isn't for those who feel righteous and good about themselves. By the the presence of God's Spirit, everyone is included. And so uh, for you, as as we talk a lot about the Holy Spirit today and for the the next couple weeks, what's your relationship to the Holy Spirit? Does it feel mysterious and other to you? Does it feel familiar? And when you think about the Spirit of God including everyone on Pentecost Sunday in Acts chapter 2, do you know that you are included? Do you know that you are included in the power and the love and the unity of the Spirit? Are you able to accept your acceptance? Do you know that you are included? And are you standing in anyone else's way? Who who are we to stand in the way of God? Are you in the way? Is there anybody that, that you have on your list as not good enough to be in? Are you standing in anyone else's way of being included? The Holy Spirit empowers all, and all means all. Gather, yeah, we live, I know we live in this world of deep tribalism, of us versus them and good versus bad. And many of us have participated in religious systems where that tribalism is reinforced and deepened. And really over the last couple hundred years in America, the church has split into these tribes that compete and talk down at one another There's conservative, and liberal, and traditional, and progressive, and liturgical, and contemporary, and affirming, and biblical, and inclusive, and welcoming, and there's all these tribes. But I want you to know that here at Gather, when it comes to that game, when it comes to what team we're on, and what tribe we belong to, when it comes to us versus them, and good versus bad, we would always, always rather be excluded for who we included, than included for who we excluded. I'll tell you again, we would rather be excluded for who we included than included for who we excluded. We won't play the game. Because I believe, I believe at my core, that you are a son or a daughter, a member of God's family, and you should be included. And I believe that your neighbors and your family, and your friends, and your co-workers, that they are sons and daughters, members of God's family, worthy of inclusion. And our LGBTQ friends and family members, you, you are a son or a daughter, a member of God's family, and you are worthy of inclusion. It doesn't matter your gender or your sexual orientation or your race, or your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter any of that. The only thing that matters is that God looks at you and he calls you a son or a daughter, a member of his holy family, and he is pouring out his spirit on all people, empowering all, loving all, including all, and all means all. No one is an issue. No one is up for debate. You and whoever else who are pressing their nose up against the glass of the church. You are believed, and you are beloved. Gathered today is Pentecost, and the Spirit of God is here, empowering you, because God empowers all. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org, or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.